0: if I make it a goal and I write it down to me that's like okay it's official it's happening I wrote it down and now I have to do it and it might not be a beautiful journey to get to the goal but I'm going to work on it because I decided that it's a goal and I'm gonna do it
1: CEOs often feel stuck in the grind of scaling their business and feel like they're missing out on the best parts of life like family friends or travel on this podcast CEOs come to take themselves and their companies to the next level Let's dive into The Millionaire Mind with your host, Dallin Schultz. Hey folks, just wanted to add a quick
2: little disclaimer. We do have a little bit of audio glitching in this episode and just want to let you know that our team works really, really hard to provide a quality product, but at the end of the day, sometimes there's technical issues and we did our best to improve it, but just so you know, you are going to hear a little bit of that through this episode, I promise you. It's not going to disrupt the message and you're still going to find a tremendous amount of value. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting us and enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome back to another Millionaire Mind episode where I have some of the most successful business owners sharing what motivates them to get out of bed every morning and how they elevate themselves and their companies to the next level. And I'm really looking forward to our guest today, probably because what she does hits home for me since I have a kid with special needs. And the beautiful thing about business and entrepreneurship is that it really enables people to tap into their individual strengths and passions and then be able to impact those around them. And our guest today was able to identify what that looked like for her and how she's created a business to better serve kids and families that require her service. So really excited about getting into her journey. A special welcome to our guest, Samantha Rothman. Samantha, thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me. Definitely honored that you wanted me to be on your podcast.
2: Well, we had had a conversation first, right? (laughs) We did. (laughs) we did. Uh, But Samantha passed with Flying Colors. We had a short (laughs) conversation and we knew very quickly just hearing about her story and the impact she has on people's lives. It's something that had to be shared. So really grateful to have you joining us. So, thank you. Samantha, why don't you share with our listener a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure.
0: Sure. So... I am a pediatric occupational therapist. Um, I own a practice in Phoenix, Arizona. We are a mobile therapy company. So we actually do in-home visits, school visits. We can also do virtual and community sessions. We see kids in the area anywhere from 18 months to 18 years old. And we have a team of, let's see, we're up to, I think, five occupational therapists. And then we also have a speech therapist on our team. So we are out seeing kids, helping them in their natural environments, working with their families, helping teachers, all types of caregivers.
2: One thing that stuck out to me and that I know our family has appreciated is that mobile aspect. Because, mm-hmm. and I know this doesn't apply to a lot of patients, but I would imagine a lot of your clients are probably kids with special needs. Is mm-hmm. that a fair assumption? Mm-hmm. And for any parents that might be listening to this that have kids with special needs, or maybe you have a relative or you know someone, it can be a lot of work. Packing them up, getting them in a vehicle, driving them to a location while they're trying to juggle life and chaos. If you have a few other kids at work and stuff. Yeah. So yep. you guys, you don't have a clinic, do you? Like your entire no. practice is mobile and you go it's to mobile. you mm-hmm. go to your client mm-hmm. and their family.
0: Yep. Yeah. So it kind of sets us apart too, because like you said, it is very convenient. And here in Phoenix, like the traffic can get kind of crazy. Everything is really spread out here. So I've heard parents and it's the same kind of experience that you were just sharing. A lot of our clients will say, you know, it's so hard because they get off of school, parents get off of work, whatever it is. And it's like, now I have to get dressed, do the whole like going to the bathroom routine, fighting them to put their shoes on get out the door. And then you might be late to an appointment because of all of this. And now your appointment is cut to like 15 minutes because you were late. And it's a lot. And a lot of these kids, they do have multiple therapies. So like 95% of our clients, were not the only specialists that they see. So it's like you're juggling school, maybe tutoring, maybe OT, maybe speech, maybe behavioral therapy. Maybe they're doing extracurriculars like dance or soccer or whatever. And it's really like two full-time jobs trying to manage like all these appointments. And then also if there's like medical issues, now we have to go see specialists at the hospital, all kinds of things. And so I think what we can offer and what we can provide is, of course, like the convenience factor where we can just come to you and save you the extra travel time by just doing it at the house. And then the other benefit to that is obviously I'm a little bit biased because this is what we do, but I feel like the results are just a lot better when we see kids in their natural environment. They're a lot more comfortable. We have parents involved Um, if they need to take a break and go get a snack. They can if they want to go use some of their favorite toys or favorite blanket or whatever that they want to bring into the therapy session that's totally acceptable and available where they don't really have access to that in the clinic so that is something that does set that us apart sometimes kids like they'll get overwhelmed and like you just need to go get a hug from mom or a hug from dad and then they can come back and finish the session and when you're in like a crowded clinic environment you don't have access to those type of supports so yeah that's just like one of i guess a lot of the benefits to What we do. Yes, it is a lot of driving, like on us, but it's better outcomes for the kids and it's better convenient for the parents.
2: Okay. What Samantha just said right there is a universal principle Mm -hmm. for any successful business. (laughs) It's not what's easiest for Samantha and her team. Although, I mean, you do want to naturally, as a business owner, you're going to look for ways to become more efficient and more effective, but it's focused on their client, they're focused on their user, they're focused on their customer. Mm -hmm. And that's how successful businesses are truly grown. And it is a lot of work. So we, with my son, we have some in-home therapies and we have some in-clinic therapies. And Wednesdays, Wednesdays are the crazy day. That's the circus day where my wife's running around with all the kids and stuff. And so we have to prepare for those days. But having those in-home services enables my son to get more of the resources he needs because we can't travel to clinics all the time between Mm -hmm. school and work and schedules, it can be complete chaos. So it's awesome.
0: Yeah. If we can just like eliminate that one thing, sometimes that's like just a game changer for families too. It's like, yeah, we still have to go to the clinic for this and that, but like we can get one thing covered in home. That seems to be really beneficial. And some of the feedback that I've gotten from clients too is along those lines. But as far as like payment, A lot of clients, they seem to not really, I don't want to say they don't mind it, but they understand that there might be a higher cost with that because you're paying for a convenience. So you might be having to pay a little bit more than you might pay that you might be charged if you go to a clinic or if you use a company that accepts your insurance, you might be paying a little bit more to see us, but it's convenient and it's effective. So it's kind of one of those things where the same thing with every other business. Sometimes it really is just like you get what you pay for.
2: Yeah. And I think that's becoming more and more common because people are, you don't even have to go into a grocery store anymore. People will pay extra to have your groceries delivered to them. And if you don't want to do that, maybe you'll pay a little extra just to go be able to pick it up and they Mm -hmm. bring it out to your car. So people in general are trying to get more of their time back.
0: Yeah. Everyone is busy. busy. Everyone is busy. So if you can pay an extra, if you have it, of course it's not available for everyone, but um, if you can afford the extra, I don't know, $10 or so to make your life a little bit easier and not have to go to that one other appointment across town, like why not?
2: You want to be a successful business owner figure out how to help people get their time back.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Help people figure out how to get their time back and you will be the business. Obviously, there's a lot more to it, but that's a, yeah. that's a, a huge <laughs> It's, it's something, it. yeah. <laughs> so, Samantha, let's take it back now. When did this journey really begin for you? Did you know you always wanted to be a business owner? Was this something you kind of stumbled into? Like, when did this entrepreneur journey really um, begin for Samantha?
0: So, it's kind of funny because I actually kind of call this like an accidental experiment experience. (laughs) Like I never wanted to be in business. I've been a therapist for a little over 10 years. And I always and I still do like I always was like, I'm just going to be on the people side of things. I'm not going to be on the business side. I don't want to have to worry about money. I don't want to have to worry about insurance and all of that. I just want to see clients. And that was fine for a while. And then you know, COVID came in 2020. And kind of changed everything for a lot of people. My personal experience with that was so in 2020, I was working for a large hospital system. And they kept telling us, you work in healthcare, your jobs are safe. And everyone was throwing around like the essential worker at that time. And we were considered essential. So I kind of was like, all right, this doesn't really affect me. I don't have to worry about being laid off. And that actually wasn't the case at all. Because a lot doing in-home therapy and everyone was scared and we were being told like not to let non-family members into your home at that time and to limit our exposure so we were having a lot of cancellations and a lot of clients didn't feel safe having us come into their home so the company wasn't doing well they had to make decisions and my job was cut so that was obviously really shocking because we were told like we work in healthcare everyone is safe but anyway so i lost my job at first i thought okay well it'll just be like a two week little vacation and i'll just hang out by the pool and that's fine and then i'll go back to work well like two weeks turned into six months and i still didn't get called to get my job back because the business just like wasn't there yet and so i kind of had to figure out like what am i going to do i'm a very independent person and so i really hated the fact that like somebody else could just cut my job so quickly. And it didn't matter like, how long were you there? It didn't matter um, how great of a therapist I was. None of that mattered. It was strictly just financial. And I didn't like that they had that type of control over me. So, and I also really hated having to wait on like the government for unemployment. (laughs) And like, I know that was like a really difficult time and everybody was filing for unemployment, but I hated the stress of it. I hated like just the dependency on waiting for them. So I was like, I got to figure out a way where like this can never happen again. And still at that point, like I wasn't even really considering opening a private practice. I was just like, what can I do on the side? Should I start an Etsy store? Should I sell something on Amazon? Like it still never crossed my mind that like I could be my own business. I have skills and credentials and I could do this myself. Until I finally just realized that I could do it. So I started just kind of like thinking about it. I didn't really make a plan. I didn't have any idea of like what it was going to become. I was like, I just got to find a way where I can be independent and have control over my own income and not end up in a situation like that again. So at the beginning of 2021, I started just like writing some ideas down in a journal. And I didn't know at that point. Still, like, what was going to happen? I was like, I'm just going to come up with a name. I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to file for an LLC. I'm just going to think about a name. What are some words that I like? What feels good? What feels that something that I want it to look like? So I was just like writing things down. And then I kind of just like set a goal or a deadline for myself. And I was like, okay, by whatever day, I'm going to like decide on a name. And then once I had that, I just kind of kept doing like, the next step and the next step and the next step. And then now we're here. (laughs) So I don't know, I kind of like to say it was like an accidental thing. Because really, I just wanted to like, support myself. And I just wanted to protect myself from ever having to be in that situation again. I never thought I'm gonna have a team, I'm gonna hire other disciplines, I'm gonna be on a podcast. Like, (laughs) I never thought about that. I just wanted to sustain my own income. So and it's been quite a learning experience i never had any business training in school it's been a very much like learn as you go find people that are ahead of you and learn from them read watch videos and that's,
2: that's <laughs> the best kind of learning and to our listener what samantha just shared with us and i wrote down some of these steps that i picked up on that she went through and well i mean there's a lot we can unpack there and we probably will a little bit but what she just shared with us this is what people will pay a life coach thousands of dollars to do Right to walk them through these steps. And you did that. Now, you didn't mention this. I don't know if there is somebody else involved. Did you have a coach? Did you have a mentor? Did you have someone walking you through these thought processes? Or was this just you Mm -hmm. going off your gut, your intuition, and just craving Um, something different?
0: I would say like 95% just me. But I do have really amazing friends in my circle that are also entrepreneurs. Or maybe not entrepreneurs but they have very similar mindset and so they were very supportive and i was able to kind of like bounce ideas off of them and if it was like something that i didn't understand they might have known but i think most of it was just a lot of research and a lot of finding things that are available like there's so much that's accessible we all have our phones on us 24 7. there's so much free information like there's so many instagram pages there's so many youtube channels Um, there's so many Facebook groups, and some of it is you have to pay for, but there's a lot of free information out there. You just kind of have to like find it and make this it This came priority.
2: up on a 100%. <laughs> this came up on an interview I had a couple of weeks ago, and the person was saying, you know, we know that saying like knowledge is power, right? He's like, not anymore. Yeah. Like knowledge is literally everywhere. Like you can look anything up on your phone and find now, is it all the right knowledge? Is it biased knowledge? Probably like you got to sort through all that, but Mm -hmm. we can access so much information from our fingertips. So is it knowledge really giving you the power or is it the discipline? Is it the action? Is it the ability to move forward and consistently take those steps? So it was an interesting... Yeah, and I would agree. I didn't disagree with them, and and I had never heard that before. Like we've all heard, knowledge is power. And he's like, no, not anymore. It's like things are changing, and it's like, wow, I never even really considered that. So
0: yeah, I think well, there's just a lot about like what you do with it. Like your social media can be used yep, for like, yep. you can use it in different ways. You can choose like what type of content you want to follow. You can choose like what you're searching for on there. So I know like social media can be like a very negative experience, but I think that it's all about how you use it too. Like there's so many resources out there. There's so many coaches out there that are like dropping a lot of good information that you can find and it's free.
2: Yeah. And it's up to you to have the discipline to take action. And now if in your situation, Samantha, you had, your job was ripped out from under you right after them saying, Hey, you're essential. Don't worry. Nothing's, Right, And I think they had good intentions with that and they weren't wrong, but what they didn't understand was the ramifications that whole pandemic was going to have on people and them wanting you to come into their home. Like There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety around that time. And so your company, as good as they are, they can't control that. Mm -hmm. If the client says, no, we don't want you in our home okay. You can't force your way in, right? right. So it's interesting because people will get to this point where you go and you get a safe, secure job and it's essential and you're always going to have work. But at some point, you might and probably will hit a breaking point and it's going to force you to reevaluate. It happened to me. I was in the medical field. I voluntarily left October, 2019. So six months before everything. Had Mm -hmm. I not done that, and taking matters into my own hands, I would have been in a very similar situation because I worked in a heart hospital at the time. A lot of elective surgeries, a lot of non-emergent things were canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my entire department that I was working with, a lot of my friends ended up going to travel nursing or doing some other jobs because there wasn't enough work. So mm-hmm. at some point, you're going to hit a breaking point. For me, that happened a few years ago back when I broke my leg. It was a literal breaking point, but it still forced me to reevaluate and say, okay, I can't let this happen to me again. Something has got to change. And I think it's that drive, that experience. And as hard as it may have been for you at that time, it sounds like that was really the fuel that kept pushing you. Would you agree?
0: Definitely. It was definitely one of the most depressing periods. Um, It was hard. Like I said, I started off just like, yay i'm going to be on vacation i'm going to hang out at the pool whatever like this is just a paid vacation i'll be back soon because the pandemic like they were saying that it was going to be like 2 weeks at the time i think so i was like great 2 weeks i'll be back and then obviously that wasn't the case <laughs> at all so i was like well this isn't working kind of forgot what i was going to say about that <laughs> what was the question
2: <laughs> the fuel you use that oh, experience oh yeah yes yes, yes yes
0: so Yes. So it was like the most depressing thing, but also I think taking the anger and whatever feelings that you have about being laid off, taking that and channeling it into a a project, which is what I did. So yes, instead of like, I mean, I was very sad for a while. Like, I don't want to say that like, I didn't experience all of the depression because I did. But I think once I kind of started getting back on my feet again, it's like taking all of that anger and all of the hurt of being laid off. And putting it into a project. And I think that motivation of like, okay, well, they let me go, but like I can do it myself and I can do it better. And I am doing it better than what they're doing.
2: (laughs) So, and what happened here, and you said this without saying it. And I just want to highlight this there's two ways you can look at situations. They either happen to you or they happen for you. And in your situation, yeah, happen for you. And in your situation, Initially, you fell into this depressive state and everything got ripped out from under you. No control. Look what's happening to me. And it's hard. Like We've Mm -hmm. all experienced that. Like As much as we probably want to try to avoid being victims, I think it's natural for us to fall into that at times. But Mm -hmm. as you were sharing your experience and you went through that, and I think it's okay to allow yourself to feel some emotions. But at some point, you're like, all right, enough's enough let's go. And that victim mentality starts transitioning into extreme ownership. And you're like, okay, that's not cool. It happened, whatever, but what can I take from this situation? And when your mind can make that pivot, when your mind can make that shift and you start realizing, okay, yes, that sucked, but it happened to me for a reason. Mm -hmm. What opportunities are now in front of me because of that? And that's exactly what happened to you. Yeah, that's, that's I do want to say it
0: does sound easier said than done,
2: for sure. <laughs> like, 100%. When you're,
0: it sounds good now that I'm on the other side of it. I'm like, yeah, this all resonates. But when you're in it, it's really hard to see that it's possible, for
2: sure. <laughs> it is. And that's our minds. We spiral and we get into this funk and we dig ourselves into this hole. And when you're in the moment, it's dark. It's hard to see any light at the end of mm-hmm. the tunnel. And if there's one thing that I have found that has helped me in times like that, just keep going. Just keep going. And even if it's a small belief, a little bit of faith that things will will get better, Mm -hmm. if that's all it is to keep you putting one foot in front of the other, you will come out of it. And you will be able to look back and you'll be able to see, okay, that's why I had to experience that.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Case in point. Would you be running your own practice with six other therapists right now if that experience never had happened?
0: No, never. I would have just stayed at my job with benefits and with vacation hours and all the stuff that you get as like a perk for working for like a big hospital, which I left all of that to do it myself.
2: (laughs) Why? Why would you leave all that cush comfort behind, especially now because things are back to normal? Why not go Mm -hmm. back to it?
0: because I knew that I could do it better. Why (laughs) does anybody start a business? (laughs) I feel like a lot of businesses exist because they see a need or an opportunity to do something different or to do something better than what is currently available. Like one of my friends, because when I was like, I guess I was more in like the startup phase, and I was going back and forth with a lot of things. And I was like, well, is the market too saturated? Is anybody going to actually pay for this? Who wants to work with me? Nobody's going to want to work with me. Like, I had all of these thoughts and my friend actually said something that stuck with me. And she said, when you go to the grocery store, there's so many different choices of bread. And she was like, everybody picks their favorite one and they move on. And so it's like, why you don't see people like not making more bread. Everybody just goes, you pick which kind you want. So it's like the same thing. I think with a lot of other businesses, you can pick which therapist you want to work with, but there's no risk, I guess, of like, putting myself also out there to be chosen okay As like okay yeah.
2: <laughs> let's let's talk about actually we're gonna just take a quick commercial break and okay. then we're gonna pick right up with this because i like where you're going and i think this is important okay. to keep talking about so we'll be right back after a quick commercial Hey, folks, I got my good friend Julie Holly here to share with you something exciting she has coming up here in a few weeks that I myself will be participating in. And I was actually able to talk my wife into joining me as well. So super excited for it coming up. But Julie, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your event you have coming up.
3: Awesome, the Conscious Investor Growth Summit is coming up and it is really the charcuterie of all events. Instead of drilling down into one isolated topic or asset class, like self-storage, multifamily, crypto, you know, whatever, mindset, health, we're wrapping it all in one. And this is a powerful opportunity for you to like just nourish and replenish. And to Dallin's point, bring your spouse, bring your partner along. We're talking about everything from tax strategies, building credit, buying businesses, investing in assisted living facilities and other real estate to gut health and having our health as our wealth, being hyper-focused, making mental breakthroughs. It's really that place, it's the refueling station and what is best, it's in the gorgeous Coeur Idaho at the resort, right there on the lake. So you break free from the hustle of the metro areas so you can enjoy nature, walk on the beach because it's right there at the door or take a trail run. So you're really able to break free and renew yourself completely.
2: Definitely looking forward to it. So folks, go to ConsciousInvestorGrowthSummit.com. Check it out. You'll see what we're talking about. And Julie has some incredible discounts going on for our community. So if you use my first name, Dallin, D-A-L-L-O-N, as a promo code, you'll see those incredible offers that she has for you. Awesome. Thanks, Julie. We look forward to seeing you in a few weeks and we'll get back to our show. All right. Welcome back to The Millionaire Mind. So Samantha, right before the quick break, you started talking about uh, while there's other therapists out there, why don't I throw myself out into the mix as well? This can actually be very, very hard. And taking that first jump can be very, very difficult. People experience this in a lot of things. It might be something as simple as putting out content on social media. People fall into this trap of like, oh, well, that person's already doing it. There's really nothing more than I can add or what my knowledge, my experience, there's nobody else that thinks or feels the same way as I do, or I don't think I could really make that much of a difference or an impact. I think that's a natural state of a lot of people's negative self-talk, mm-hmm. and you didn't allow that to stop you. You somehow found a way to look past that, work past that. Maybe you didn't even experience thoughts like that to get in because you knew you had value that you could bring these people. Mm-hmm. Did that happen naturally? Was there something you had to work through to get to that point? And you just had the the strong internal belief?
0: I don't know. It feels so far. It feels so long ago. It's like hard to like, I feel like it's so hard to go back that far. I definitely did struggle with imposter syndrome at the beginning. And I was like, am I even a good therapist? Who's going to want to pay to work with me? But I think as you kind of just do it, I don't know, like one client becomes two and then it becomes three. And then it kind of just all of those thoughts kind of go away in a sense. Like I don't struggle with that anymore because I feel like over time, I've just been able to prove it to myself that I am good. People do want to work with me. Obviously I have a successful company and we have a small team, but it definitely, it takes time and it takes a lot of, I guess discipline is the right word. Kind of just, you just keep going
2: or so you I, mentioned I, maybe
0: like, maybe just like staying true to your core values might be, Something good to kind of like go back to or going back to your why, I think is important too.
2: Yes. Yes. That's a big one. You mentioned just a minute ago that those thoughts go away. Mm -hmm. And so I want to highlight this because in these situations, this is self talk. These are self thoughts that a lot of potential business owners, potential uh, value add creators are telling themselves. But it's through that action and you taking action moving forward that you prove to yourself that those were just thoughts and they were limiting beliefs. And it's through your action that you were able to see the results and gain that confidence in yourself. It goes back to taking action, just kind of like what you did. Initially you started writing down some ideas and some thoughts about what you want to do. It was small actions. It was small steps. Mm-hmm. And I think some people fall into this trap of thinking that they need to take massive action And I do, I do think at some point and at different points in your journey, there's going to be a big move you're going to have to make. You got to take some massive action, but sometimes it can start with small little things. As Mm -hmm. long as you're moving, you got to be pick a direction and move. So,
0: yeah, I'm very goal oriented in general. So I think for me, like if I make it a goal and I write it down to me, that's okay. It's official it's happening. I wrote it down and now I have to do it. And like, it might not be a beautiful journey to get to the goal, but like, I'm going to work on it because I decided that it's a goal and I'm going to do it. doesn't matter how long it takes or whatever, but like now I have to do it because I wrote it down and I decided (laughs) that's for me anyway. I don't know (laughs) if other people think like that.
2: When you wrote down your goal, did you keep that to yourself or did you share it with people?
0: I think I kept it to myself. It was kind of just like, I had a list of goals like in a journal and then I just kind of started like checking them off.
2: Okay. And the reason I ask is some people will say, get out, share your friends, tell them your goals. It helps hold you more accountable. But in your situation, just writing that down was enough for you to hold yourself accountable.
0: I think so. Um, I did share it with some people, but I mean, it's just interesting now being on the side, like there's people that get it and they were supportive and they understood what I was trying to do and why and then there's people that didn't get it still don't get it and then I had a lot of people that kind of looked at me sideways when I said that I was going to do it and it's kind of nice now (laughs) to like kind of look back and be like you guys all doubted me and didn't think that I could do it but I think it's just different being a therapist like I said we're not taught business we're taught being a therapist So I think when I started proposing or just kind of like putting it out there, people were like, are you sure you're going to be able to do this? You didn't go to school for this. I'm like, yeah, but like,
2: you don't have an MBA, like what makes you qualified? What?"
0: Right, right. And so I had some people make comments like that. I had people say, like, are you going to be able to find clients? Do you know how to bill insurance? I'm like, no, but I can learn. So there a lot of comments like that. And even honestly, like my last boss, while I was building the practice behind the scenes, I was working part time for another agency. And when I finally had enough clients on my own, I quit. But on my way out, I told him what I was doing a little bit, not the whole situation, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to work privately. And he told me, he was like, well, you know, entrepreneurship just isn't for everyone, and so he's like, when it doesn't work out, you can come back. And I was like,
2: was he okay. the business owner? Yes. <laughs> so he started yes. his own business. Wow.
0: Yeah. You think, you I think someone I mean, like that was, would
2: be supportive.
0: Well, he was better because I was leaving, <laughs> and now <Okay>. I'm competition. <laughs> so, but I don't know what the reason is. I don't know if it's because I'm a girl and I'm young. That like people think that like I can't handle it or people are very surprised when I tell them. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of things online or there's a lot of coaches that exist. Like their whole reason for coaching is to help business owners, but they're not going to come to you. Like you were saying, you have to take the step. You have to call them. You have to make the appointment. You have to fill out their email, whatever their website form and set up a consult. Nobody's coming to you. You have to do it. Yeah.
2: Do you think that a lot of these comments that people have made, and unfortunately, a lot of times, comments like that come from friends and family because they're the ones you typically talk to the most. Do you think some of those come from a place of these people projecting their own fears and own securities onto you?
0: I'm sure there's probably a little bit of that. (laughs) Or I don't know if it, yeah, yeah.
2: But isn't it kind of a cool feeling to like see where you're at now and be like, now what, what? Well, you know, like it kind of gives you an opportunity to (laughs) to, to prove them wrong. It feels good. And I think more importantly, like, yeah, it's kind of fun rubbing that in people's faces, not going to lie, as a business owner. But I think more importantly, we take pride in ourselves. Like, you with no business background, no business experience, and the last two years have built a successful practice. Mm -hmm. That's badass. That's freaking cool. Like, how many (laughs) people can say, (laughs) <laughs> that they do that or that they have done it, right? And you went mm-hmm. through the negative comments and the naysayers and all this stuff because you had an inner drive. You had something that you knew that the market needed and that you could build upon and add your Samantha's own touch to it to create yeah. a better experience for your clients.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, That's incredible. And I
0: mean, the negative comments like they do, they not so much anymore because now my confidence is a lot higher. But first, when I started off, I definitely was bothered by it. But I probably just got to a point where I started being selective about who I shared things with, because I started recognizing like, oh, okay, like this person, they didn't take it the way that I expected, or they're not happy for me when they should be happy for me. You're not a friend if you're not happy for me when I'm doing well. So I think I started to kind of realize certain people that I had in my life. And then there were certain people that I tended to share more things with or like more milestones with the practice. And then there were people that I kind of just stopped sharing with because I was like, you guys are just going to make me feel bad or like you're going to bring some kind of negativity into this. So I don't know. It's It's definitely interesting. You kind of pick up on that a lot.
2: You do. And one thing to understand is as a business owner, you don't have to share everything with everyone and you'll learn very, very quickly. Who's actually there to support you and cheer you and and which ones, whether they mean to or not, are going to tear you down based on their comments and the things that they do. Um, Mm -hmm. Set those boundaries for yourself, especially if you're new in business, especially if you're starting out, you will probably have way more negative than positive comments. So it's okay to be selective on what you share and who you share it with. And when you find those people that are actually helpful and they're cheering for you uh, or you can go to them with a challenge and they're not like, see, I told you so, but rather they're like, well, have you considered this or that? Those are the people Mm -hmm. you want to surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that you need on your team. And life's too short. Life's too short to surround yourself with negative people. Like cut them out. I'm going to say it, even if it's friends, even if it's family, Mm -hmm. if they are negative, if they're not in your corner. Cut them out or limit the exposure, right? I'm not saying you have to like never talk to them again, but set that boundary for yourself and get to work. You know your value. You know the difference and impact you can make. Some people will appreciate it. Some won't. Mm -hmm. And you just got to figure that out. So
0: yeah, I think about that a lot. I'm like, the people that get it will get it. The people that don't get it won't get it. And that's okay. Like it's not for everybody to get.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So Samantha, in this first year of business, that can be very difficult for any business owner, whether they went to school for business or not, because a lot of it, you're just figuring it out. What -hmm. were some of those early challenges that really stuck out to you and what did you learn from those?
0: Mm, Well, billing insurance is a headache. (laughs) to say the least. So that was interesting because being just a staff therapist, I never had to worry about insurance because we had a billing team that I just got to see the patient and they dealt with the reimbursement, but now that's all on me. So figuring that out was definitely a learning curve, but I think I got a good handle on it now.
2: Mm -hmm. Question Question on that because any small practice starting out, medical practice is going to have that headache. Mm -hmm. Like I've heard it from multiple people. I don't know if this is a thing. Maybe this is another million dollar idea. So somebody out there can take this (laughs) and run with it. I know there's like fractional CFO companies. There's fractional marketing agencies. Is there any sort of like fractional insurance billing agencies where rather than bring someone on full time, you pay a smaller amount and they'll handle Mm -hmm. small loads?
0: They do. There's a lot of either people work independently or they maybe there's agencies, but they'll do it. The problem is it's not cheap and when you're mm. a new business you want to hold on to like every dollar that you can yeah. get so i think i would be open to that if the practice grew a little bit more but initially starting out it's like well my rate's already cut because insurance reimbursement's not great as it is then when you swipe a credit card they take a fee now i also have to pay six percent to a biller for something you know what i mean so it's like by the time I'm like, I'm not making any money because it's all going to everyone else. And then the other problem with that is, at least for me being a smaller practice, I have to give them access to our patient portal and every user that I add to that, I have to pay. So Mm -hmm. on top of like also paying 6% per claim, I'm also paying, I think it's like $50 a month So I don't know, you kind of have to weigh it out. Like, is it worth it? Or is this something that I can do myself? But also when you get to the point of like, okay, now it's like too much for me to handle and now it's worth paying the 6%. But right now it's not worth that for me.
2: (laughs) And one thing I've learned too, especially if you're starting out in business, you are going to wear a lot of hats. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like even if it's not what you want to be doing, if you can understand the process, if you can understand what needs to happen, it's then easier to delegate because at mm-hmm. least you have a base knowledge of it. And the quickest way you can get that is by going through it yourself. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. So yeah, it's, I uh, say, there's like nothing, I don't want to not know how to do something in my own business. That doesn't mean that like I want to do all of it, but I want to know how. So that way, like if somebody quits or somebody is on uh, maternity leave or whatever, like that way the position doesn't just suffer because i can do it because i know how and i also don't like i don't want to be asked a question and then like as the owner of the business like i don't know how to run my own business so just <laughs> just me yeah. i know there's some people that want to like outsource everything and that's okay too but that's just like not how i want to do it
2: yeah and, and there's not i don't want to say there's not any right or wrong way to Mm -hmm. do it and it really depends on the size of your company but you brought up a really good point at some time at some point you're not going to be able to do it you're not going to have the time you're not going to have the capacity but typically by then you'll have the revenue coming in to justify bringing on another team member and that's just part of the growth and growing pains of starting a business so yeah that's awesome it's
0: definitely been a journey
2: (laughs) well samantha as as we wrap this up what's been one of the biggest wins that you've experienced since opening mm-hmm. your practice
0: oh man i don't even know honestly i think um i really enjoy watching my team i like watching them grow i like watching them succeed i like being a mentor for them and kind of i don't know helping like the next generation of therapists i know that sounds kind of cheesy but i like being a mentor i like um we don't get a lot of good, at least I didn't, we don't get a lot of good training in school for how to actually be a therapist. We get a lot of like book knowledge, but I like being a resource for them in the field. So it's really awesome to kind of watch them sitting in on their sessions. And I love seeing like how well the kids are doing. I love seeing like how happy they are, how happy the families are because they're making progress and they're succeeding and meeting all of their goals.
2: It's incredible what therapists do. And again, to any listeners that have a special needs kid or maybe they're not special needs and they just need some therapy, getting these therapists in early, sooner than later, and getting them consistently working with your kids, it's incredible to see the growth. It's incredible to see what your kids are capable of doing when you have well-trained people that actually care for the outcome of your right. children. Yeah. That's something yeah. that my wife and I have really appreciated is our therapists, they they really almost start feeling like an extension of the family because they we do. see them yeah. multiple <laughs> times a week and mm-hmm. they know what trips we're going on. We know what trips they're going on and it's, yep. it's a lot of fun and they're able to more consistently and implement their strategies, their skill sets, their knowledge to help our kids. And the cool thing is too, it's like, if it was up to me and my wife, sure we might be able to find a book or find some videos or something online whatever we don't necessarily have the time we don't necessarily have the capacity and when you have a good therapist that comes in it's not just your kid that they're seeing they see Mm -hmm. all these other kids and with each kid they're probably learning new techniques new skill sets new things that then they're able to create a more holistic and well-rounded approach for your kids so
0: yeah uh, it is very much like that (laughs) It's interesting too because every kid is so different. So like I'll think like oh I did this really cool activity with this kid. I'm going to try it again like with this kid and then the other kid like absolutely hates it and refuses <laughs> to do it. And I'm like oh but it worked for this one but not for you. So it is it's very individual and it does really feel like you're like an extended family member especially for us like we go into people's homes. So like yeah. what's more personal than being in somebody's actual house?
2: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, Samantha, this has been awesome. And what's next for you? What any big moves that you said you're a goal person? I know you've probably got a goal (laughs) written down somewhere.
0: I have some goals, but to be honest, like I want to just kind of take a lot more time off this year. (laughs) That's a big goal. We're still working on growing the practice. I would like to expand probably to cover more areas of the valley. Probably bring on like another therapist or so, but I don't know. Nothing like super major.
2: Well, I think being able <laughs> to even step away from your business is a major goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I that think is that a in <laughs> itself,
2: would be right. I mean, the the fact that you're even considering it as an option and still being able to grow, I mean, it, it tells me you're doing something right that you can even consider yeah. that. So, Yeah.
0: I think like for me, I just kind of take opportunities like when they feel right. And then kind of, I don't, when they don't align with our values and kind of where we're going. So I have some loose goals, like, yes, I have like a certain amount of money that I would like to make, or I don't know, certain number of clients that we'd like to have or whatever that looks like. But I think for me, it's kind of like, well, here's this opportunity. Does it feel right? Does it not? And then I just, yeah, I go from there.
2: Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Well, Samantha, Thanks. again, this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you for your time. And and yeah. as we wrap this up, there's four questions I like to ask every guest at the end of every show. And the first one being is what is one absolute book recommendation for those looking to scale and further develop their millionaire mind?
0: I really enjoyed reading Leaders Eat Last. I felt like that was really good for if you are going to be managing the team or if you'd like to learn more about managing the team, especially for younger Millennial teams, what's important for us is not important for some of the generations that are older than us. So learning about that is helpful.
2: <laughs> awesome. And what has been one of your favorite quotes that you've embodied and lived by?
0: For me, I kind of go back to this idea that everything is figure outable. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but every time there's always gonna be hardships, there's always gonna be obstacles in business and in life. But I think I truly try to embody that mindset of like, yes, this is difficult, it's only temporary, and I'm gonna figure it out.
2: What's that author's last name? Is it like Biggerow or something like that? Um book
0: over here somewhere. Um Simon Sinek.
2: Okay. S- okay. S-I-N-E-K. Yeah. Okay. So Simon Sinek is really good. There's actually a woman yeah. I saw speak. She has a book called Everything is Outable," oh, And her name God. is Marie Forleo. Oh, i, I never heard of that. Of yeah. So I saw her speak at an event live uh, a few years ago. So mm-hmm. awesome. And if there's one thing you could share with fellow business owners that are beginning or simply trying to get to that next level, what would it be?
0: I think just stay true to what your core values are as an individual and as a business owner and have faith that the right people will find you, whether that's like the right clients that you want to work with, or whether that's the right employees that you want to hire, stay to your values and don't bend for anyone. (laughs)
2: love it. Samantha, how can our listeners learn more about you and get in contact with you?
0: Probably through our website is the best way. It's www.playandpurposeaz.com. And then also through our practice, our Instagram is another good way to connect. It's at playandpurposeaz.
2: Awesome. Look, this has been an incredible conversation with Samantha. And if this is your first time listening, I'm so glad that you tuned in. And people have been asking me what my company does. So since I have you here listening to my show, I'm going to share that with you now. So my company partners with busy professionals, just like Samantha, that are beginning to experience or that are looking to experience significant tax savings, have more to invest and even reinvest their hard-earned capital. And we work with other successful business owners like you by offering them opportunities to invest alongside us in large apartment deals. At Rev Equity Group, we have found that most successful business owners have a strong desire to give and to serve. And we simply provide a vehicle to enable them to grow and preserve their wealth so they can give up their time and financial success more abundantly and freely. If you've been frustrated with the stock market, you want to grow capital in something you can actually touch and see and invest in one of the most recession-resilient asset classes, then you can find out how I can serve you by visiting investwithrev.com forward slash resources. It can be overwhelming, betting the right investment and the right operator, but at Rev, we make apartment investing easy. Samantha, again, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your experience, and really excited just to see your growth and see how much time you're taking off this next year. (laughs) Hopefully Any big lot. trips or anything planned? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Any big trips or anything planned?
0: Yeah, I have a week planned in May to go to Mexico with um, she's actually my private practice bestie. She's another awesome. private practice owner locally, and we were like, we deserve this, and so we're gonna yeah.
2: go. <laughs> yeah. Good for you guys. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, awesome, Thanks. Samantha. Again, thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on the show. And to our listener, remember, you can't have a million dollar dream with a minimum wage work ethic. So go out there and earn your win for today. And we'll catch you on the next episode.
1: Hope you got value from this episode of The Millionaire Mind, a journey into the mindset of successful business owners. If you want to get results, you've got to take the right steps to get there. Dallin hosts a free weekly educational webinar focused on teaching you how to start investing in apartments so you too can experience the benefits of real estate ownership without doing any of the heavy lifting. There you can gain insights, connect with others like you, and ask Dallin all your burning questions about how you can start owning apartments today. Go to themillionairemind.us. That link is in the show notes.